Is there a way of saying this without swearing? I'm not sure. Just try and express what you just expressed to me off mic without being rude. Uh, I turned up to play golf on Sunday. It was early. It was in the non-booked tea time spot. Right. So, um, you didn't, so it was a roll up. So it was a, it was a roll up. I was waiting for um, my friend to turn up. Um, there was a collection of people in the um, in the car park who were having a good old chat. A gaggle, uh, a gaggle, of, a, a, a gaggle of members. Gaggle's probably the correct word uh, in this case. Uh, anyway, they um, were ambling along, and um, just as my mate turned up, they ambled along to the tea. Lots of them, <laughs> or one after the other. Luckily, at, at, at York, you can play sort of loops. Um, so the first hole loops back to the clubhouse by the fifth, just about the clubhouse, because um, club, the, the course is actually over the road from the clubhouse. Um, and the sixth can be a little loop on its own. So instead of trying to wade through successive three and four balls from the first, um, we went off from the six instead, uh, which is slightly disappointing because I, I, I quite fancied 18. And instead, I only played from six to 18. But so you, the sorry, old, you did that because you that was the only way you could get out on the golf course without having to wait for ages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we'd like pressed the issue, we could have, we could have got through, but I mean, it was like busy. So you get through one group and then there's another group and then there's another group in front of them and another group in front of them. Honestly, it's like normally millionaires golf on a Sunday morning and there'd been a big comp on a Saturday, like a winter event. So I thought guaranteed to guaranteed to get off. No. Almost like, it's almost like they did it to you on purpose. I can actually imagine you sort of stomping the putting green, looking at your watch and kind of glaring at people, just sort of going about their business in, a, in an inoffensive fashion. My mate did say to me, like early on on our first hole, the sixth hole, he said, are you going to be in this mood all day? Um, to which I said, no, I'm not in a mood. And then proceeded with the help of my new tailor-made Stealth 2 driver to absolutely crush him in match play and oh, win... Fine and win the fried egg sandwich once again. This drive is proving very profitable if you can measure it in terms of how many fried egg sandwiches I get to eat after golf. We'll get on to the driver in a minute. So did he, how many holes did he play, actually? Um, from 6 through 18, so what's the math on that? 12, 13? Oh, so you played 12 holes? Yeah, 6, 7, 8, 9, plus 9, 13. Handily, that's a eligible number to submit a score, isn't it? I did not submit a score. <laughs> Didn't submit a score. Didn't go from the first. Sorry, let's just let's just stress test that. So was it a Stableford? Uh no, we played match play. Did a price change did a, any money change hands? Well if you call a fried egg sandwich money changing hands, then I suppose well, it last did. Last week you called any any sort of prize, but you've got to write your scores down. Submit your score. You've got to go from the first as well. I mean, there's minimum number of holes to play. Can't just turn up. Can't just turn up on the six and say I'm going to put a score in for handicap. And you know better than that, Tom Irwin. No, I know that 12 holes. If you play 12 holes, you can submit a score that counts for handicap. That's all I know. Maybe I could scale the back nine. Anyway, Mm. we played match play, which is not an acceptable format. Okay, fair enough. I'll let you off.
Uh, I play golf. I've seen the Twitter pictures. Yes, uh, I had a sort of not. I, I had a, I've had a really good golfing few days actually. Um, so I play, decided I was going to play on Saturday afternoon because for once there was like no kids things that I had to do. One of them had a party, uh, so I sort of had a a pass stamp. So I WhatsApped a couple of people and managed to get myself a game. Um, got there and there was a pros comp on, so I just sort of entered it sort of without really thinking before anyone had arrived and it was it was greenkeeper's revenge i have never played a greenkeeper's revenge ever right so the first thing that's relevant to this podcast is greenkeeper's revenge was not a qualifier for handicap so you were you weren't bound to put your score in for a start <laughs> okay like are we it's everything we talk about on this podcast now going to be guided by whether you could put a card in or not i'm just saying that We've just discussed for ages that you should be putting your score in if there's if it's a competition, if it's an individual stroke play thing. It met all of those criteria. I mean, the pins were like stuck in bushes, right enough, but the but it the club had decided it didn't count. So obviously you wouldn't put your card in. Was it just pins in silly locations, or did you have like obstacles around them as well? No, it was just pins in silly locations. But I'll get yeah. on to that in a minute. So that the the, uh, the what was interesting is then my the three people I was playing with turned up who play quite a lot of golf together and they'd already decided that they weren't going anywhere near Greenkeeper's Revenge and they were actually quite annoyed because they'd sort of misread a club newsletter um, which they thought meant they were going to put the pins back in their normal spots by mid-afternoon when we were playing but they hadn't um, so we didn't enter they didn't enter the pros comp so I basically burnt the six quid entry or whatever it was and we just played a four ball so Anyway, it wasn't really Greenkeeper's Revenge because John Green had done the pins, who's the pro, and then he played, I think, just to sort of put his money where his mouth is. Um, and it was it was pretty funny. Like, the, one of the blokes in my group just hated it, like, was just genuinely annoyed about it, as in, like, why, do we, why are we subjected to this? It's my sort of one afternoon off a week. I just want to have a nice game of golf with my mates. Why I have to have, to have the frustration of these daft pins? So that was pretty funny. I played with a really good guy. He was like a really good laugh to play with. He thought the whole thing was hilarious, even when it really wasn't working for him. Um, and then I guess I think me and the other two people, me and the other guy was just sort of, I'm not sure we were really that keyed into the daft pins because we were just sort of playing golf, really, not not standing on a touchline. Um, so it was pretty funny, the different people's reactions to it. And um, there were some interesting bits, like we've got some new green extensions at Old Woodley, which they'd use the absolute extremities of which were pretty cool. Um, the highlight for me was on the fifth when um, I'd sort of hacked it down the right-hand side of the fifth and then left myself a 10-footer for par to a daft pin that was like four inches from the fringe. Um, and meanwhile, one of the oppo was in the middle of the green for two with a shot and they like nudged it down to three feet. Um, so I had to hold to force him to do anything, really. I did hold mine for a, a four. So he then had one for the hole um, sorry, then I had two for the two for the half from three feet, uh, and his first putt finished the wrong side of a greenside bunker. It's tricky, tricky green that one. It was absolutely brilliant. It, that, I think that will make me laugh for a long time. Uh, but no, we just had very stupid pins, so pins on like massive slopes and all the rest of it. So you kind of batting the ball up and down hills, back to your feet, and then 
offside hills into bunkers, this kind of thing. There was a spoof pin on the first. There were two pins on the first. You didn't know which was the right one until he got there. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, I, I sense this is going to be the lead-in to a discussion on various golf formats, which is good because I've got strong views on several. You, you'd yeah. be surprised to hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm keen to I'm keen to talk about foursomes right enough because um, it's Sunnydale foursomes week, or it was until it snowed off. Um, what? Uh, but I want to know about this Taylor made then. So, what is its record so far? So it's won an egg an egg sandwich. It has, yeah, it's won an egg it? sandwich. So it's played one one one. Has it played two? Yeah, it's no, it's played one one one. I've won two egg sandwiches in a row. The first time that has ever happened in eighteen months of membership. Um, but it is undefeated. Um, it's an absolute rocket when you get it out of the middle. It's it basically go, it had like a miles. Bit, it's had a, quite a similar start to John Rahm, who's not playing Estelle. So it's it's two from two is what we're saying. Well, if you if you count the uh, if you count the practice where I didn't miss a fairway with it, then yeah, it's two from no, two. No, I, I don't count that. It's so in two competitive rounds, its trophy cabinet is full up of two egg sandwiches. We'll have to see how that progresses. Are you going to get any more tailor-made stuff as a result of this sponsorship or what? I suppose I have to ask for some or well, buy I think some. You should yeah, because we can't talk about the stealth driver for any more weeks, can we? I don't know. The competition season's about to start soon. I'm a journalist, Tom. I can stretch these things out for months. Right. Um, so, yeah, I am keen to talk about uh, formats. Um, Sunningdale foursomes. Have you played in the Sunningdale foursomes? That's a joke, right? No. Why would it be a joke? Because I'm rubbish and you have to be quite good to play well, in the Sunningdale. You don't see many mid-handicappers tee- teeing it up at the Sunningdale foursomes, do you? I'll tell you how the entry actually works. I don't know. It's balloted. So, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But you have to you have to effectively write a letter of application. So on the entry form, they they ask you to write down um, your kind of playing pedigree. So you have to tell them your handicap and all that sort of stuff. But you also have to write sort of notable golfing achievements. I mean, you could say two egg sandwiches from two in the spring 2023 for a start. But you end up writing things like all time club champion, this kind of thing, like. It's a bit of a stretch when you get to things like July medal runner up, but you have to, yeah, you have to kind of um, commit your playing pedigree to to pros. It's pretty pretty orcs to be honest. Well, it will be if I submitted a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, and I um, uh, so I don't, I don't always get in, which is quite frustrating. But I have played in it. You know, I have played in it three times, um, with varying degrees of success or lack of success. Um, I played with it with, in, with Georgina Simpson, who works here um, one year. She is a uh, ex LET tour pro. She had 15 years on the LET and one year on the LPGA. Um, joined us after she'd retired, uh, which makes her sound older than she is. She obviously retired sort of not when she was like 65, or whatever. Um, and uh, that was pretty funny. I had a I had a terrible terrible bad back all winter didn't play any golf i think i managed like nine holes um a client thing in this in the january and that was my entire goal from like october till till march when the sunningdale foursomes was um and then i got this horrendous case of like man flu so 
we went down for the practice round on the Monday, which is like genuinely one of the best days of the year. You, you can choose your course. You can play both courses if you like on the practice day. Um, everyone turns up to do it, obviously, because it's a day at Sunningdale. So there's like the entire sort of great and the good of the field there. Um, and it was like a, a proper balmy early spring day. It was like sort of 17 or 18 degrees. And I had such a bad case of the flu. I was wearing like full bobble hat, snood, waterproof suit, about three layers and was still shivering. Uh, plus, I could hardly move my back. So we didn't hold out much hope for our um, our, our match on the Tuesday morning. Um, anyway, then you, there's a big thing at Sunningdale about strategy where the sort of given strategy is that the stronger driver goes off the odds. So in our group, that would be me. Um, but we decided that we we're going to have this more sort of defensive strategy and have Georgina off first. Um, so we get there and there's like loads of people on the first tee. Um, I don't know, maybe 30 odd people. We're playing against a couple of like localish club pros. So they've got quite a few people following them. I think there was someone half famous out behind us. Um, so there's a lot of people on the first tee. Georgina's going first. And then she gets announced as like an LET uh, veteran or whatever. Um, she's got quite the pre-shot routine. So like a lot of waggles and sort of flapping around. Uh, and then eventually she hits it and she absolutely flushed it. Unfortunately, she absolutely flushed it into a branch of like an overhanging tree uh, and it dropped down um, on the front tee box, went about 30 yards. Um, so I had to go and hit my second from 30 yards in front of the in front of the tee, which wasn't brilliant. Anyway, we managed to win uh, and got as far as the third round where we got knocked out by this Swedish phenom who was basically the best golfer I've ever seen play. So that was a good one. Um, but it is, it is a bonkers week, like as in you get people like me, but then you also get some proper golfers like Sandy Lyle plays a lot. I think Andrew Strauss is playing this year. Rob Rock's playing this year. Amy Bolden. Um, so you get like uh, current tour players, ex-tour players. Um, I think Georgia Hall's playing, major winner playing. Um, and then you get local club pros. Um, and like I say, you get sort of run-of-the-mill amateurs like me. But it's a, it's it's an amazing week. Have you ever been down and covered it? No, no. Andrei Shevchenko used to play in it, if I remember yeah. correctly. The Tim former Henry. Milan and Chelsea striker. So you get like um, a mix of celeb celebs as well, don't you? Um, yeah. Who can who can swing a bat? Paul Laurie played one year. I think he got to the final actually. Sam Torrance used to be like an institution in it, didn't he? And obviously, I think his lad plays now, doesn't he, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's got this sort of equitable handicap system. So men and women and pros and amateurs can all play together. Um, so if, you, you, if you're if you um, an amateur lady, you get three shots. Um, if you're a male pro, you play off scratch, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then obviously it's foursomes, which is like pretty amazing, in my opinion, probably the best format of golf, maybe the second best format of second golf. Second best, second best. Right, we'll come on to that. Um, and, the, and the week is like basically 36 holes a day. And despite the sort of um, early season daylight hours, then they're still managing to get people round twice in competitive conditions, time for a decent lunch. Uh, and it's because it's forced them. So it's quick. Um, so I was keen to have a chat about what we think about different formats, um, what we think about different formats of match play, um, particularly different formats of stroke play. Um and foursomes versus four ball, I think, is the obvious place to start. You, I bet you like a four ball, don't you? I can just sort of see that. No, 
I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, is this the time to, I, I don't think this is the time to go all negative with my views on, on certain formats. We'll leave that for a little bit. Um, I like unusual formats. Uh, I don't have a particular problem with four ball. It's just everyone plays it all the time. It's it's like ubiquitous, like Stableford and medal. Um, so if we're not playing the Stableford, we're not playing a medal. We're playing a four ball. Great. Um, my my favourite format is greensums, and yeah. not just and not just because I've won absolutely loads at greensums. Have you? Yeah, basically like nearly every trophy I have has come from a greensums. Pairs trophy, uh, mixed greensums. I basically, I'm basically an ideal greensums partner because although I can't particularly drive the ball, or oh no, sorry, couldn't drive the ball particularly well, um, I am quite a straight iron hitter, which makes me a very reliable greensums partner. These are big. These are big claims. These are big claims. They're, they're, they're not claims. They're fact. They're, they're basically, they're, they're, I think. I mean, I think I've won. How many individual comps have I ever won? One. I've, I've won one medal. Basically, everything else I've won is greensums. You pick mixed, some good partners, is that what you're saying? I am a good partner. Um, see, I can't stand four balls. I just think it, it means like anything. They, for me, they're like just synonymous with um, like days that take forever. Like when people say we're going to go and play in this better ball pairs thing you just know it's like five hours worth of watching other people do their golf no one ever picks up no one when they're out of the hole oh just have a practice you've had nine pick it up well yeah but um, maybe it sort of tells you that i'm inherently quite selfish but you go and play golf because it's like it's about your golf isn't it and if when you're playing four ball you've got to watch three other people do it and that's that's far too much that just yeah, I, I, it's just a, for me it just blends into everything else. Um, Although I did, we did play, we did play four ball at seat in the other week, and we had this sort of remarkable thing where after fourteen holes it was seven all, there being no halves. But that is a significant problem with um, I think four ball better ball is that there just there's too many halves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not played a lot of four. I mean, I play obviously summer pairs which is four ball um but i tend to avoid four ball competitions i played a lot of them when they were when i was younger um and i just uh, yeah i just i mean you know for example I, I have no issue actually with like spending a day out on the golf course but you have to get yourself into a frame of mind when you know that you're going to be probably four plus hours um i do like to spin around you know my average round is not much over three if we're in a two i can play in two and a half when it gets past four i start sort of looking at the watch a little bit not in an aggressive way or anything like that i'm not bemoaning anyone else and and i'm not as i say i'm not in a rush to get off the course but you just you just know that when there's four players it takes a while yeah i think you're right i think you're right about get yourself in the frame of mind but that that is what the format's about isn't it it's about days when there's like a halfway house and everyone sits down and it's like Captain's Day, and they have their bit of cake and a drink that's been provided for them. And I guess there's something there's something is in sort of luxuriating in in the day's golf, but it's just it's far too prevalent a thing. Like it's like the default thing. People yeah. must try and try and get a four ball, but that four ball aspect of it just means you basically guaranteed to be out there for more than four hours. And when everyone's moaning about the pace of play all the time, 
it seems like a really easy remedy to me to just not be playing in four balls. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and then you, I think that's sort of borne out by there are plenty of clubs out there, aren't there, which are two ball only, where um, Forsman's golf is kind of like the default. I want to say Brancaster is one. Um, yeah. Muirfield a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of it. There's, there's plenty, isn't there? Oldborough. Yeah. I'm going to say Blackwell. I haven't been there for a long time, so I can't remember. And, then, and when I did go there, I played in an event, so I probably played in fours. <laughs> in fact, at all these places, you have to play in two balls and you have to wear red trousers, I'm realising. So maybe the two things go hand in hand. Rye is probably another one. We have a, a winter foursomes competition at York. We play four ball mm-hmm. in the summer, but foursomes in the winter. I love the winter foursomes, even though we didn't get past the first round this time. Yeah, I think, so if four ball takes too long, I think foursomes, I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's getting old, right? But foursomes to me is like just absolutely ideal. You have to hit half as many shots. It takes almost no time. You've only got to talk to 50% of the group, really, because you can sort of dash off in front with the person you're paired with. Um, and it's like a real, I don't know, it's kind of, there's sort of a silliness to it as well that I like because you do find yourself in some very stupid spots. Lots of different things happen, like lots of holes change hand in, in foursomes. And you've got like a the kind of R is like a, a good score again. So I think there's there's quite a lot to it. Problem is you come up against what I'm going to call a new disease, which is club golfer-itis. Um, and, and while you and I might be generally in favour of foursomes, um, my experience of, of, of playing foursomes at a variety of clubs is that that is not shared by the wider membership. And they have a particular symptom when it comes to foursomes or any format that's offbeat and not involving Stableford. And they go, I didn't come here just to play off the shots. This is my weekend's golf. You've done it again. I did that last week. You've done it. You've done an offensive impression. What, what, done, what even was that impression? Just a moan. Just a club member. Probably should have just done it in my own voice, couldn't I? If I was going to do a moan. Um, yeah. But 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 general, I mean, I, I I definitely found this uh, at a previous club. You know, I, you would you would like the 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 greensums or foursomes events. There would be a general moan around the club about about it from the same old players, really. But you know, I've worked hard all week. I want to go and play 18 holes. I don't want to turn up and, and play half the holes or half the shots. This is not what I pay my membership for. I, I, when I was captain at my at my former club, I once had the idea of having a par bogey tournament um, for my captain's day. And I was urged unequivocally not to go down that line because it would be unpopular. What, what did I end up bogey? having? What did I end up having? A better ball yawn <laughs> what is a par bogey it's like a match play you win or lose holes uh, depending on whether you hit a target's fixed target score or not what yeah that's just a bogey par bogey yeah it's just called a bogey it's in the rules of golf as par bogey well, I've, never, I've never heard of that 
the thing where you like if you make a par it's a half if you make a birdie you win the hole and if you make a bogey you lose the hole yeah if you beat the target score or don't beat the target score yeah Yeah, it's called a bogey steve i don't want to fall out about it are we gonna have an awkward silence here now we are aren't we no so i think i think you know i mean i i do think just finishing that off that I do think the, the one of we I complain about the fact that we have lots of Stablefords and I complain about the fact that there's not sometimes there's not a lot of imagination in some of the formats that's put out there and the and the reason for that is because I believe golfers are sometimes reluctant to embrace new formats. Um, th- that's not always the case. Everywhere I've ever been, Texas Scramble is like unique. He's like universally popular. Everyone seems to love a Texas scramble, even though they take like nine hours. Um, but even I love a Texas scramble. Um, but when you, but when you start veering too far away from that, I mean, there are lots of different formats you can play in the rules of golf. When you start veering too far away from Stableford uh, and Medal, particularly if you, if it's more than like once in a blue moon, you will you will start to hear some cuffling going on. Yeah, I guess we like what we know, don't we? People like Texas Scramble because it's flattering because you can hide, can't you? And you're probably going to contribute, you're probably going to whap a putt in at some point. Um, I think the the foursomes four ball thing, like I never know where to put myself really in a four ball. As in if I've got a partner, um, I would I would normally be the lower handicap. And you kind of, you set out thinking that four ball is all about making loads of birdies because I guess that's what you see in the Ryder Cup or whatever. Um, and you sort of emboldened, but actually your job as the sort of low handicapper is to try and just make sure you've made a par, and then the person with some, you will obviously make a couple of birdies probably, um, and then the person with some shots you're hoping is going to contribute with their shots. So I think you kind of it put it, it there isn't and there isn't much wriggle room with that. You are you're the person that needs to be relied upon, which I don't really like either. Um, and I think perhaps foursomes plays more to my strengths in that. I'm sort of steady, so I'm likely to sort of find a fairway for you, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wonder if part of this is just personal bias in that you kind of think, oh, that just suits me better. Possibly, but I, think- but, but I also think that um, I also think that four ball is a format that suits those towards the mid higher end of the handicap scale. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to get into a low versus high rant. That's not what I'm saying, but. But in four ball, there's less pressure um, because, you know, if you mess it up, your partner can always help you out, which is not the case in foursomes. Obviously, you've both got to be on it or, yeah, or, yeah. You've, got, or, or you've got to not. I mean, the idea in foursomes is not to have a disaster, um, you know, to try and get the try and get the ball in the hole in a reasonable score. If you avoid disaster, you'll generally be all right. Whereas four ball, I think, well, if I mess this up, my partner can always help me out. No, and, I, don't, I, I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't get into a low versus high handicap thing, because I think you're probably absolutely right, because the the people with shots in four ball, like it's as with all golf, they've, they've got it's another advantage for them, isn't it? Because they've basically got two chances at it. Um, whereas I think, as you rightly say, for foursomes, it's more it's much more about keeping the ball in play and sort of being a steady eddy, which is basically what low handicap club golfers are. Um, so I think it, that is probably the reason for the split, actually. Um, you also, I guess, foursomes also is quite exposing, isn't it, in terms of your own character? Because you are going to put get put in some bad positions by your 
um, by your partner and vice versa. Like there's an old saying, isn't that you should never apologise in foursomes because you're not you're not cocking it up on purpose, are you? No, and yeah, you you've got to try and keep an equilibrium in foursomes because if you make your partner feel uncomfortable, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble in that format pretty quickly. Um, yeah. If they're self-conscious and then they mess up because they feel like they have to apologise every time. Yeah. Do you, do you think we could really get into this? Do you think there's also a class divide? Do you think foursomes is kind of the the game played by at old school clubs and by private members clubs and by people with their red trousers? And four ball is more a sort of Johnny come lately, new money kind of format. Well, yeah. Um, uh, and I say this um, from my from direct experience at my previous two clubs. I never played foursomes at Sandburn ever outside of outside of like a you know Ryder Cup competition every couple of years we had a greensums trophy like a pairs trophy but that's greensums it's not foursomes you know I play it um at York now we have a winter foursomes tournament it's part of the culture of the club right so why is that one's, one, right. one's one's a new club one's a very traditional club I do think foursomes is foursomes is much more old school golf isn't it if you think about how golf was played what's old school about it been played for hundreds of years whereas four ball you know right going back to the days of match play being the format of golf did you i mean okay. did you did you did we play much four ball golf pre sort of rider cup i don't know i mean so i played I, don't, univers- I, don't know. I played university golf which was always foursomes and singles never four ball um county matches were always foursomes and singles never four ball um, so I guess it has got a sort of amateur, um, an amateur sort of pedigree background that four ball doesn't necessarily have. Um, they're still, for, I think they're still foursomes singles, aren't they? C- county games. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but I'm just wondering where, where four ball came from. When did that become a thing? Because, like so many things in golf, it seems that we sort of had a system of doing it that worked perfectly well, and then we've kind of added to it and made it worse. Probably so everyone could have their shots on a weekend. I'm not bitter about not getting that par bogey competition. Sorry, bogey competition. It is definitely just called a bogey competition. You should stop going on about it. I think I think I'm like massively in the foursomes camp. Um, Greensomes is an interesting one, isn't it? Um, because no one ever plays that. I played it on my stag do actually, um, and it was it was pretty cool. Why do you like that? Well. Uh... I think people feel a bit more involved in it. All right, you're not you're playing alternate shot from the moment, aren't you? That you pick your best drive, so each player's driving off the tee. I mean, obviously it helped me because I'm historically a bad driver. So, you know, in Texas Scramble, I'm often struggling to get my drives in. I can be that bad as the pressure mounts, especially mm. if it's four drives each. You know, in foursomes, if I had a bad drive, um, I instinctively feel like I've got my partner into trouble. All right, I'm not apologising, but, you know, hit a couple of bad ones um, and I start to get a bit self-conscious about it. Whereas in greensomes, if I'm with, I mean, I pick my partners carefully usually in that format. If I'm with a partner who I know can drive the ball, pressure's off. I mean, I'm, you've played enough golf for me. I'm pretty good with an iron, particularly from 150 and in for my handicap of 11. Um, so, you know, I, I always feel my game's best if I can get the ball in play. So if someone gets the ball in play for me, brilliant. 
absolutely fantastic. I'll take over. And then, you know, on the occasion, it, it can often help me drive the ball better as well, because if I've got that steady partner, there's no pressure on me off the tee. And if I get one in, everyone's like genuinely surprised. They go, yeah, oh, great, yeah. he's got one in. Yeah. I think you're right. I think he's, you kind of get that feeling of you playing the hole because everybody hits a drive. And then you sort of can't lose after that, because if you if people take your drive, you've kind of got the ego boost that your drive's been chosen. If they don't take your drive, you get to hit it again. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of win-win. I think some of my, thinking about it, I think some of my fondest memories, if I had to write down like fond golf memories, I think loads of them would be to do with alternate shot, actually, in one in one form or another. Like, I've had really good times playing in the Sundale foursomes. I've had really good times on at my stag do. I think the foursomes that are played at Old Woodley, um, the winter foursomes is one of my favourite competitions. Um, they have a ludicrous thing there called the Easter foursomes, which I've talked about before, which I think they have now changed which really does speak to um, uh, a day when men were men. Um, so you, they play uh, foursomes qualifier on um, on Good Friday, Stableford uh, foursomes. And if you finish in the top eight, you then qualify for the match play rounds, which take place on Easter Saturday morning, Easter Saturday afternoon, Easter Sunday morning and Easter Sunday afternoon. <laughs> that, that is absolutely old school. I mean, like no family commitments there, are there? Just, just, it's brilliant. Just, it's just brilliant. Get rid of Easter. Me and my mate Charles Concert, who is one of the poshest men I've ever met in my life, we once won the qualifier, and then we sort of pleased as punch. We drove over on Friday night until we got a message saying you're playing at eight oh eight tomorrow morning. We're like, we're doing what? We're doing so, what? No, no. Sorry, Ben and Joseph, no Easter eggs for you. Daddy's got a match player final. Yeah, exactly. Sunday morning. Um, so I think the foursomes is good. I was, I've, I had a letter written to me. Um, today by a guy who listened to last week's podcast who happened to be a member at the club that I grew up in not at the same time um and he reminded me of a foursomes thing we used to play in at club level called the Elsham foursomes which is inter-club event in Lincolnshire and that was just brilliant like it was we had a we had an A team as well which was better ball um which was six pairs of better ball. Um, and that was, don't be wrong, that was an exceptionally good laugh. We used to go all over the county and get to the county finals and all the rest of it. But 12 players is a big ask, isn't it? And um, so obviously the quality of the team drops. If you got in the Elsham foursomes squad or team, then you were sort of one of the best half dozen players in the club. So it's a pretty cool thing to like get involved in as a kid. They were always in an evening, um, home and away. So I think it was Friday nights, actually, generally. Um, so you, I know you sort of look back at these things through um, rose-tinted spectacles, but it's just I can just sort of still sort of see the sort of dusty golf courses and the kind of the sun setting and quick rounds of golf, but like competitive golf that matters and like decent players playing against each other. Like it was just proper stuff, basically. Um, and then if I sort of, set that against my memories of four ball golf they would they all tend to be just like white belts and why is it taking so long god forbid buggies and like halfway houses and just bad like the the sort of thing that sets out with the best intentions like four ball golf to me is like a sort of the first night of a stag do like it all feels great at the start because everybody's there there's like scoreboards there's cakes there's like buggies there's like people in their best clothes and then by the time you're on the 15th, but it, it's four and a half hours later, you just sort of had enough of it. It's like very similar to the first night of a stag do, I think, where you just sort of go off in your pocket and then you've had more than enough of it by Saturday morning. 
There's people vomiting everywhere. Scenes exactly, going yeah. on. It's just, it's just everyone, too much. everyone just wants to go home. But you know you've got to get up again at six a.m. I think that is that is how if I, to, if I had to sum it up, that's what I'd say. It's like foursomes is like the the game sort of stripped bare, isn't it? It's like back to the things that are good about it: competition, camaraderie, people playing decent golf quickly. Um, and by the sounds of it, at some of the better golf courses and four balls sort of the opposite. It's like, it's, it's too much, lads. Like, we understand you like it, but you can have too much of a good thing. Um, so there you go. I'm done. Spent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Right, there's a couple of other things I want us to try and uh, discuss. I've set you the challenge of coming up with a rule of the week, mainly because I quite like you asking me a question, to be honest. Love a quiz. I quite like you get it wrong as well. It makes Come me feel what, good. What have you got for me? All right. Um, so we're going to do a themed one this week. Uh, this is from a recent column that you can read on nationalclubgolfer.com. So it's a themed one, given as I look outside my window, it's currently snowing. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So temporary greens are in play because it's frozen up. You've hit your ball at a temporary green. It's bounced off it like a cannon, as it's wont to do when it's particularly icy. And it has landed on the normal green. Can you putt from the green if there is a temp in play? Oh, God. I should so know this because this, like, I mean, this genuinely comes up, doesn't it? I feel like you've asked me this before. It's not marked anything, is it? It could be a local rule that says the greens are out of play. I'm going to go with my instinct, which is yes. So you're saying you can put from the actual green when a temp is in play? That's what I'm saying, yeah. No, you can't. Oh, Steve! I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a real insight into how you play your golf on a week by week basis here. It's quite it's quite good. Um, temporary greens are established by local rules. The model local rule that you need to look out for if you ever want to look this up is D2 model local rule D2. Um, it's extremely important that if you've got a local rule in place like this, you um, get used to it because it's not optional to use the temporary green. The potting green that has been replaced by temporary automatically becomes a wrong green because it's not the green for the hole that you're playing. And once that happens, rule 13.1F comes into force and free relief from interference must be taken. If you don't do that, and you play off the green regardless, you're going to get two shots in stroke play or loss a hole in match play because you've played from a wrong place. I'm nearly as embarrassed uh, as the time when I got knocked out of the Sunningdale foursomes due to a broken zip. I told you this story. No, uh, I did read it um, when I was putting your Sunningdale foursomes piece up this morning, and I did toy with the idea of taking it out. No, I think it's. I think you should leave it in. I mean, I left it in, thankfully. Um, we, uh, I was playing with Jeff Harris off of England's Gulf Coast, left-hander, massive overswing, plus four handicap or something or other at Formby. He's definitely won the British Mid Amateur. I think he's played in the Palmer Cup. He's a golfer of like some pedigree, right? 
Um, so he's entered into Sunningdale foursomes. I've already let him down because I had to go to a meeting in England golf on the Monday rather than play the practice round. So he's already a bit annoyed at me. Um, we drew we drew Jamie Little in the first round, if you know who that is. I think he played a bit of tour golf. He organises like variety golf days now. Anyway, playing with him and his missus at the time um, and we're getting beat and we get round to the 15th tee on the new um, we've just won the par three to get back to, I think, one down. Um, and there's a pond on the dog leg of the 15th at Sunningdale. And this hole has formed our whole strategy for the, the entire game, as, as in whether we've gone odds or evens, has all been based on this hole because the carry's about my driver length. And I was in a little cut at the time, so the idea was it was going to get us around the corner. Anyway, so it's our honour. There's seven or eight people watching us. And I address the ball and look down. I can see that my fly's open. Right. So I sort of back away and I try to do my fly up. I can't do it because the the zip's broken. Um, so I'm like wrestling away at it. Can't get it fixed. In the end, I have to hit it with my fly gaping open. And I'm wearing some sort of like faux cords where they kind of like this material is quite stiff. So it's kind of it is gaping like there's no additional material here. So I'm like all of it at a bit sixes and sevens. And I sort of half thin this driver into the pond. Um, Jamie Little then carves his driver miles right and I think we lose the hole to a double and this is all because of my broken fly and then the sort of kicker to this story is that when I'm sort of making my way mournfully back up the motorway uh, after we've lost I then get to a garage and I have one last go at trying to fix this zip and of course it does up first time doesn't it I mean like I, I, I'm not sure I want to ask this question but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway I mean the goods were on display were they I mean, no, you I didn't... thought you were going to ask me what the brand of trousers were. <laughs> I was more worried about whether you were sort of flashing people inadvertently. Um, so, yeah, that's my, my, uh, I've just told that story. You know, in the in the Simpsons once where uh, Homer gets done for drink driving by the police and they say, where have you been? He doesn't want to say the pub. And he says, tell them I've been watching porn. That was my attempt to get away from being embarrassed about losing the rules quiz again. Um, the one thing I did want to uh, touch on before we go is, so I was in the bar after um, uh, golf on Saturday, tremendous pint of um, Ilkley Blonde at Old Woodley at the moment. Uh, and we'd played for a pint, so that was pretty good. So I didn't even have to pay for it. Anyway, the chat was pretty good. Um, we talked a lot about um, the way things are done at Old Woodley, people's up and coming 50s, that kind of thing. Um, well, what we didn't talk about was the imminent changes to the PGA Tour structure, and what we also didn't talk about was live golf. Do you think? Do you think club golfers are bothered? In the entirety of live, uh, bearing in mind the job that I do, I mean, obviously, I don't get particularly involved in tour golf at all. In fact, but I work for a golf company. Um, I have had one conversation about live in the bar afterwards and it was because somebody asked me what do you think about live then uh, that's it um yeah i mean i mean i have to i have to say this is uh, this is probably a bit of a shocking admission but i'm not particularly clued up on the current pga tour changes i don't think the majority of club golfers actually watch golf on telly if i'm honest you I mean, know i i don't sorry tom i don't see anyone like it's on it's on in the bar where we go in sometimes, but I don't see anyone like 
stretching up to see someone hit a putt at the TV in the way that they'll watch if like Leeds are on, for example. Obviously, Leeds are the local team here. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to engender the same sort of enthusiasm or um or excitement. And I think sometimes it's like an idea that because you play golf, you're you're somehow um, wrapped up in everything around golf and I actually I, I wonder actually for a lot of club golfers whether that's the case they just like playing golf so they go and play golf and they're yeah, not I actually that like, bothered about what goes on on tour I would really like to know I think we should probably do some sort of survey or at least social poll on it I think my take is slightly different from yours I think people are interested in um, watching professional golf and I, I mean this in a quite in quite a um I'm going to say something that's going to sound rude, but it's not rude. I actually mean it in a in a complimentary way. I just don't think people that I'm not sure people are that discerning about what they're watching. So this week has been just I've just been minded to sort of bring this up mainly because of the week that we're in, where we've had stories about Roy McElroy being in seven hour meetings, which I can't quite fathom at the head of the players. Like how on earth is that good use of his time? Um, we've had relentless press conferences about the new format the PGA Tour's taking and then just ridiculous analysis about it from like every everybody on social media and every golf institution going, including our own. Um, and I just, I just, I mean, I just can't see that people are bothered. Yes, I can see that people want to sit down on a Sunday night and watch the last round of the PGA Tour. And I, I would do that and I enjoy doing that and I enjoy watching professional golf. Am I really that concerned whether or not, like how much money those people are playing for? Am I that concerned whether on any given week that I'm watching X percentage of the world's top 50? I'm not sure that I am. Um, and like a lot of the the debate, I think, is about making sure the very upper echelons of professional golf are looked after. And I'm not sure how much that's really impacting on me or like club golfers, people playing golf week in, week out. I'd like I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, I don't watch golf on TV week to week anymore. I used to. Um, I haven't done that for a little while, uh, partly because uh, I watched it because I needed to watch it. It was it was part of my role. I needed to be up. That is less the case now, given that I write entirely about golf club members and the people within them. Um, but I also find the week to week grind quite, quite samey. I'll watch this week because it's the players championship and partly because I've been to that golf course. So I, I think I can sort of understand it a bit differently to say, for example, last week at Bear Hill. Um, so I'll watch it because of that. I'll also watch it because I always watch the majors and you know I'm not going to get into a fifth major debate about this because it's stupid, but it is a great field, even with the people from live that can't play in it. So, you know, when there's, a, a, a glut of great players playing together then I'm more inclined to watch it than the average PGA Tour event but I can't say I'm obsessed with it in the way that I probably was in my 20s and early 30s you know where I would watch it without fail six o'clock to 11 o'clock Thursday through Sunday yeah yeah I just I guess it's I guess it's more the sort of debate around how it's structured and stuff like that, like how much is the, how much are um, the general golfing public heed into that really, and how much is it is a is a kind of echo chamber in the press centre is what um I guess of what I'm driving at, mm. and I'd like to know and I'd like to know what people think about foursome versus four ball, how offended they are by Steve's uh, club golfer accent, I'd like people to write in and tell them 
tell me how stupid I am at rules. And most of all, we'd like you to subscribe, please. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you next time. Bye.